All right, welcome back to Corn Lowry, episode number 141. I'm here live from Hanover, New Hampshire, alongside my co-host Sam Carter. Sam, how are things down uh, on the Appalachian Trail in Boone, North Carolina? Um, you know, they're pretty good. Technically, you know, you're on the Appalachian Trail as well. Yes, thank you. Nice, nice of you to know that. Just 14 hours uh, separate driving-wise. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few months if you were to walk it. Yeah, I, I've seen some hikers pass through in my in my days. So, yeah, yeah it's it's definitely a journey. I wouldn't recommend it for the, uh, the faint of heart. Right. Well, today I have, I think, a really good question. I was telling Sam about my excitement for this one. I think it's complex. I think it's unique. I think it's applicable to me and Sam's interests. So let's break it down. So Sam, as you know, this is the last week of the LB regular season. And the last right. week, the Oakland Athletics will be in Oakland before they move to Las Vegas next season. So do you think that Oakland Athletics merchandise will become popular in the vintage market and the vintage economics? I know you took AP Macro back, back in your days at PHS? Micro? Macro? Micro. Micro. I mean, yeah. not quite the same. Which might be more applicable. I guess more applicable now to be the consumers. But anyways, do you envision Oakland Athletics gear, vintage stuff? Does that become more popular once they make the move to Las Vegas? What are your thoughts there? Um, I cannot imagine that it will be uh, just because it is so mass produced. I mean, so readily available now. Um, whereas, you know, you can only buy things, say, in 1990. You can only buy them in store. Right. You can buy it at the game. You can buy it at a store across the, the country, and maybe even in Shanghai. Um, you can buy it online, obviously. I just feel like it's so accessible, and there's so much of it that it will never become, you know, rare. Okay. Now... You might have asked me the same thing about the Charlotte Bobcats, um, but I've seen some Bobcats gear go for for more money than you might expect, um, despite how horrible that franchise was. Yeah, like you said, that franchise. We don't consider them a part of the history anymore. Um, no need to, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that they changed the logo, maybe. I, I'm just saying maybe like a like a world championship shirt, you know, from nineteen eighty nine would be cool now for Oakland Athletics. In the same way yeah, like the Montreal Expos true. is like or like the Vancouver Grizzlies. It's like rare, yeah. not in the sense of like the actual clothing is well, I guess it could be if it was produced in a earlier time, but like in the sense that it doesn't exist anymore. And that kinda adds that element. I don't know. Interesting to or think the Supersonics. Or the Supersonics, which hopefully will come back one day. That's, that's a need yeah. for me. Uh, but anyways, uh, happy trails uh, to Oakland sports. Um, I don't know that a team will ever be back in Oakland, uh, if I'm keeping it 100% with you. Um, sad to see, though. Uh, you know, Warriors dynasty, Raiders dynasty, um, you know, some great years out of the athletics in the late 80s, early 90s. And, uh, yeah, sad to see it go. But uh, all good things must come to an end, as we like to say. Well, let's turn first to college football. And ESPN's college game day, uh, probably the game of the week, Ohio State takes down Notre Dame with the last-second bush-push kind of move, just 
a la Reggie Bush when they took down Notre Dame at Notre Dame uh, with the last second rushing touchdown. Sam, kind of your thoughts on this game, and does Notre Dame still have a chance to make the college football playoff with this loss? Um, definitely. Uh, um, I think Notre Dame, well, with an opportunity this week to beat Duke, who, you know, earlier, you know, preseason probably wouldn't have been a much of a marquee win, but now uh, definitely increases their strength of schedule. Um, and then an opportunity to play Clemson down the line, um, who's still a good team. But I think that, you know, if they – if they win out, then they will make the college football playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, they still got teams on the schedule that are very difficult, uh, including Clemson, USC, things like that. So they, they have plenty to prove, and I think that this is just a minor setback. But uh, now they've made their mistake, and uh, they got to win here on out uh, if they want to keep those chances up. But the big surprise, Mr. Carter, big surprise – Oregon crushes Colorado 42 to 6. Absolute yeah. slaughter fest uh, in Eugene, Oregon. Bo Nix, 276 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Sam, did you? I mean, I know you predicted a Colorado, excuse me, an Oregon victory, but did you ever foresee them winning by five touchdowns? Um, you know. I saw the spread, and the spread was, what, three touchdowns? Yes. I saw that, and I was like, that's ridiculous. Oregon is not going to win by by more than three touchdowns. Um, it's going to be a close game. Deion Sanders is way more competitive than that. Um, I was blown away. I did think that Oregon would win. Um, but I, I did not even think that they would cover, much less beat it by what you said they won by 35? Yeah, 36. Okay. I mean, cover the spread by two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, That's crazy talk. Crazy talk. I mean, they got it done all fast. That's the thing, just more athletic, more yeah. talent across the field. But, uh, you know, respect to Colorado for that run. And now they got they get, they get to host Southern Cal. Uh, next week, yeah. excuse me, I said USC earlier um, in the uh, in the episode, and you know, I meant to say Southern Cal. Longtime listeners will know uh, why people here right. say Southern Cal. My apologies, Sam. Um, but huge game coming up for the Buffs to try to kind of re-enter that space, and that would be an insane win if they could earn it against Southern Cal. That would just put things into crazy talk, crazy land, and yeah. then. Uh, more disappointment for the Tigers, unfortunately. But this game did love to the hype. The overtime thriller. Uh, Florida State goes on the ropes, uh, pulls away 31-24 in overtime. Jordan Travis, 289 yards, two touchdowns. Solid stuff, uh, you know, from Clemson, but unable to get it done. The missed field goal late. Sam, take us yeah. to the, the emotions of this one. Um, well, I was sitting by the worst person to watch – your team with uh, yeah. Miles Harp. Um, he wasn't that annoying. He was very annoying later in, later in the day. Um, but I won't go into that. I mean, this was a terrible, terrible game to watch down the line. The play calling is just, it's no better than last year, perhaps worse. 
Um, I mean, it's it's issues that are fixable, though. So I think that, that Clemson, if we can get away from the stupid bubble screen on third down and one, then we'll be all right. But it's a rebuild year. I'm going to keep saying that. He's going to keep saying that. And uh, rebuild they will as uh, the ACC continues to rise with teams like Syracuse and Louisville, who are currently undefeated. And, you know, Duke, obviously on the rise, we'll, talk, we'll get to them later as they're hosting College Game Day, controversially perhaps. Um, but, uh, you know, good stuff there. Uh, and, you know, you know, Appalachian State, unfortunately, yeah, takes the loss to Wyoming. Um, this is a terrible game. Um, App State did not score an offensive touchdown. Despite 200 yards of offense by by Joey Aguilar, um, it was, if, if you look at just the stats um, and time of possession and all that, you would think no, no brainer App State whooped Wyoming. App State doubled Wyoming's time of possession. 90 plays to Wyoming's 42 offensive plays. And then 27 first downs to Wyoming's seven first downs. Yeah. Just let that sink in. I'm letting it sink in. It's. it's um, yeah. App State lost in a blocked field goal. You can't control that. I mean, you can a little bit, but it's hard. Um, but what you can control is not throwing the ball when there's 20 seconds left and you got the lead. You can control that. So Very true. Uh, you know, tough loss, uh, you know, for the Mountaineers. But, I mean, I got to give them credit. They've been, in, you know, in every contest this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think big things are happening at Boone. I think upward mobility is happening at Boone. Uh, but – Tough, tough to see them lose a game in that way. Uh, but we're actually introducing a new segment, mini segment, if you will, called the College Experience, recommended by the fans for the fans. Uh, where every week, if uh, Sam and I are attending, you know, a college event, uh, or if we've attended one of the past, which were this is just straight up reviews of college events, the experience, um, the you know the atmosphere, all of that, the, the college experience, excuse me. So Sam starts off with the UAB at Georgia game you attended in Athens, Georgia, uh, this past weekend. Right, the number one team in all the land. Um, you know, if you if you want to hear me talk nice about Georgia, um, this is not the podcast. Go talk to none other than Miles Harp. Um, I, I will say the game was fun. But the game day atmosphere before the game, the energy was lacking. Um, and, you know, I think that given how big of a school Georgia is and how intensely they take their football, um, the tailgate seemed like more of a fashion show than a, you know, a tailgate. I think that you can judge a college tailgate based on how rowdy the people are. This was not very rowdy at all. Um, I want to hear yelling and chanting. Um, this this felt like a social club. Um, but into the game, 
I, I, I had a fun time. I don't want to totally crap on it, but, but you know, going to the game, the fans were pretty into it. The student section was very cool with the pom-poms. Um, but, you know, given how good Georgia is, you would think that, you know, they were, like, you would think that the fans were just seeing a 5-5 five and five team play. Um, the, the stadium was not as loud as, as I expected, uh, but the pom-coms were very cool. I give it a great B. Um, UGA, we got to step it up. You're the number one team, but you, you don't even have AP top 25 fans. Wow. Harsh words. I never thought I would hear a Southern State school we referred to as not rowdy enough and not loud enough. Maybe I wasn't in the right spot. Maybe it's because they're playing Alabama Birmingham. Oh, these are true. But but the fact remains the the grade is B. Uh well this week I you know, I attended Lehigh at Dartmouth. Um you know, I'm going with the C minus. I mean, obviously this is I can't compare this to any power five football game. But I I, I gotta admit, you know, the spirit was there. I'll, I'll give it that. A lot of promotional contests, you know, throughout. You know, I had several chances to uh, snag something. Barely missed, you know, a T-shirt grab. A lot of promotional content. A lot of questions on the field. They really engaged the fans. I feel like, you know, the breaks were not – a lot of stuff going on during the breaks. You know, I was never not engaged. Obviously, the energy was lacking. Um, but respect, major respect uh, for – I don't know what my, my guy's name, but – the uh, you know a public announce guy, uh, one of my favorite tracks, "Shook Ones Part Two by Mob Deep. Every time there was a tackle for loss, that song came on, and I respect that a lot as a tradition. I didn't know about that at all. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the uh, energy and effort for the crowd was just not there, and I mean that's just to be expected. So a C minus, a solid victory, a fun time, but uh, certainly nothing that you would want to bring a guest to. You wouldn't want to show off that aspect of the school to somebody else, but a good time nonetheless. Um, let's turn. Okay, before before we look it up. Oh, maybe you know this. I do um, know this. But, okay, then I guess I'll guess. Jason asked us to um, guess the attendance of every Dartmouth home game, and so what? I'm gonna say the stadium holds. How many? Ten thousand. It would. Uh, I think it's twelve thousand. Okay, of twelve thousand people, I'm saying Lehigh is not a rivalry game. No, not a conference Lehigh game. Lehigh does not travel well. No. Dartmouth does not travel well out of their dorms. Yeah. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna be generous and say, eighty-five hundred. Wow, I, I'd be shocked if it was that high. There were, there were a lot of uh, – 8,500 is a lot. I don't know. Are you, are you looking up a count right now? I'll look it up. Okay. Well, while you're Tomorrow. working on while you're working on that, I'll announce week five to the people. Uh, we got college game day, Notre Dame-Duke. Exciting matchup for sure. Can Duke continue their kind of magical run here uh, hosting the Irish? Should be a, a good one. Uh, Sunday night, excuse me, Saturday Night Football on ABC. Uh, you got the ranked now Kansas Jayhawks uh, headed to Texas in uh, what will certainly be a absolute whomping uh, unless something goes terribly wrong for the Longhorns. And then you got Utah traveling to Oregon State in a ranked 
Pac-12 matchup. Sam, did you find your result? I did. I was grossly over. Yes. Um, So you know what it is? I don't. I don't. I mean, I was there, but I I don't know what the tally is. What's your guess? I'm going to go with 4,500. You were a lot closer. 3,641 students. Well, that's just, that's total. That's not student. That's total. So, yeah. That, that was a gross. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a, that should be a total capa- total uh, attendance. Oh, yeah. That, I thought that's what we were saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Okay. But, yeah. It, it, was, not a, it was not a good turnout. It was also pretty so bad. Half, half the student body was there, though. Nah. I don't know. I don't know about that. That's so generous. Of, I mean, if all, if all of the people that were there were students, then. Then, yes. But that, that not even close. I think that I think if you accumulated all of the library's attendances on that day, it would rival the football attendance. I genuinely believe that. I mean, you were there, though. I was there, but regardless, uh, let's turn to Major League Baseball with more sadness for the Mariners, slipping and sliding down the slippery slopes of on of alliteration. It supposes, as I'm saying, s with every word, but. Uh, just more losses. Uh, got swept by the Rangers. Lost the Astros last night. Really, just need to win out at this point. Chances are getting slim, and uh, times are getting tough. But uh, we fight on. Um, Sam, I didn't update the Orioles stats for you, but pretty similar stuff with them. Two and a half games yeah. in the lead in their division. Um, as they look this. I'm not sure exactly what the number is, but I, I believe it's three more wins. Yeah, and the and the division is clinched. That sounds about right, because there's uh should be five or six games left, uh, but the Orioles closing in on that number one overall seed and home field advantage throughout uh, the American League playoffs. So exciting stuff for Cameron Yards, but the Mariners one and a half games outside the playoffs need to turn on the afterburners here. And just go absolutely nuts. Um, I think they're going to need four or five of these last uh, six games if they if they want a shot at uh, you know being a part of the postseason party. Uh, but in the National League, it looks like the Braves are going to lock up that one seed. The Dodgers likely will take the two. Uh, kind of close uh, with the D-backs, Cubs, and Marlins for that five-six spot. Um, but, uh, you know, it should be very exciting times. Excited next week to start talking about the uh, first, uh, you know, of the wild card games, which will actually be next Tuesday night. So we'll be able to cover those. That should be pretty exciting. And on to the NFL, uh, more disappointment for Sam and I uh, with, with some pretty pretty big losses uh, for both the Jaguars and Panthers. But when it's scoring to get a seven, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, you know, you got the Dolphins putting up 70 on the Broncos this week. And you got T-Swift attending the first Travis Kelsey football game, you know, rumor that they've been dating. Sam, is T-Swift bigger for Travis Kelsey or is Travis Kelsey bigger for T-Swift? Thoughts on that? Um, you know the answer to this. Uh, that's almost a rhetorical question. Um, of course, Travis Kelsey is big for Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I mean, that's that's a that's a high caliber player. I mean, yeah, I was I was actually I was concerned about the amount of uh, screen time Taylor Swift got, 
I mean, I, I guess yeah. she is an international pop star, but we we didn't really need that. I mean, he he wasn't my fantasy team, so I mean, all respect to. Travis Kelsey uh, perform live. I feel like I feel like there's a video of him out there singing somewhere. Yeah, there is. You know what I love to see is Taylor Swift Super Bowl halftime, and the Chiefs Ooh. are playing, and he comes out on stage. Would that be epic, or would that be epic? Uh, that would not be epic. No, no, you can't be Rihanna or Dr. Dre. Yeah. We're already we're we're already like at such a high level. You know I mean, who can beat both of them? Who's that? Not Usher. Um, Usher actually is going to be this year's Super Bowl halftime show. I don't know if you heard that, but I've heard that. Yeah, in Las Vegas, the first first Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Usher is a bad pick. His music. Oh, just, I agree. It, it's terrible. He doesn't fit that Super Bowl energy. I I I got one good song. Yeah. Usher, but it's throwing it back uh, to the two thousands to the aughts. Yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, I, I, I digress though, and I suggest you digress as well, Dave. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, not much to comment on here. Just kind of around the league, uh, you know, the uh, Cardinals get the sur- surprising win over the Cowboys. Uh, the Chargers get back on track after Keenan Allen has an absolute monster game. Represent Lumpy Tribe uh, with uh, 18 receptions, I believe, and two like 206 yards. He's also my fantasy team. That's why I know that I'm I'm not that big okay. of a stat head. Um, and then you get an all time epic weird NFL score. Obviously, we had the score gami. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's a unique NFL score that's never happened before with the 70 to 20. We had a 25 to 11 game last night between the Eagles and Buccaneers. You just don't oh, see wow. that in college football, I feel like. It's it's so weird how things like that happen. I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. Uh, well, finally, you know, wrapping up with some more sad news. As Kelly Oubre Jr., fan favorite, is headed to Philadelphia this season. Uh, he will no longer be with the Hornets. Uh, you know, tough to see him go. But, uh, you know, this is this is the new era. Uh, and, uh, you know, as much as I loved him, he was really bad at shooting threes. He did get hot, though, in that one game against the Pistons. That was epic. That was epic. That was that was all-time favorite Oubre moment. I yeah. mean, and I think – Peak Oubre. Peak Oubre. And I think Eric Collins really loved Eric. I mean, really, Eric Collins loved Kelly Oubre. Like he That's loved, a fun name to say. He loved, he loved throwing that around. Uh, but yeah. the, the preseason slate for the Hornets got at Miami, at Washington, first Oklahoma City and first Boston, all between the 10th and 19th of November, excuse me, October. And uh, projected starting lineup for the first 10 games while uh, Miles Bridges is suspended. It was going to be LaMelo, Terry, Gordo, get your jammies on, and then Mark Williams. Uh, Brandon Miller, highly touted number two draft pick, will probably uh, come in. Uh, off the bench for Gordon Hayward and likely replace him in the starting lineup once Gordon Hayward breaks his ankle a few weeks yeah. into the season. Um, interesting to see. I think Miles Bridges is the difference between this team being a 11 seed and like an 8 seed, which is really sad to say, but that's that's just the way of the world these days. Things just don't Why go the Hornets. Hornets. Why the Hornets? The one team that Sam and I actually agree on just loving wholeheartedly is – Maybe the worst organization in all of professional sports. 
Although, our backup team, just in case the Hornets are not even worth covering this year, it's got to be the Kings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if the Canes are uh, – we we'll make this promise. If the Canes emerge – as a top story, we will we will cover the Canes. Hashtag cover the Canes. Yeah, we get that trending. Um, um, I, I want to get me a, 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 a Brenda Moore jersey. You want the uh, one with, with the, the with the with the uh, Stanley Cup patch? Okay. For these cold winters up here in Boone. Yeah. Do you want the Do you want the the jersey with the flags, like the hurricane flags, or you like like the the Cyclone logo? I think I gotta go with the the OG Cyclone logo. I like the flags. I mean, the I'm flags not. Flags are cool. I don't know if they wore those in 2008 though. I don't think they did. Whatever they wanted. Yeah, uh, I don't think they did. But cool stuff, uh, bad stuff, sad stuff. It was a sad. Honestly, it was a terrible week in sports for us. It was. It really was. At least, at least the Tarios actually Tarios undefeated for the first time since '97. All the yeah. way back in Mac Brown's first tenure, and back when both my parents were juniors in college. So uh, Dartmouth won. So Dartmouth did win. Yeah, and they they actually perfectly covered the spread. Um, so yeah, but uh, hey, starting up next week at Penn. That's a that's a big matchup. I got I got a friend of Penn. Major rivalry. Not really. I'm, that's all. Well, that's going to do it for all of our rambling and all of our sadness on episode number 141, the first episode of fall, where all of the sports that we cover coincide. You should know the only season where that happens.